What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast for things that have been rebooted, remade, sequelized, and are otherwise not the first in their franchise. And whether or not we need to keep retelling and retreading these stories over and over and over and over and over again. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And speaking of treads, this week we are talking about a movie that still has it on its tires as it burns its way to the top of the box office. It's Fast and the Furious, F9. All fun Fast car saga. Pun. Oh, we're not, the, the egregious numbering of this franchise. The egregious. stuff they do with these, it, the stuff that they do with these is ridiculous. Like Fast Five, F7, Fate of the Furious. Like guys, there's no right or, and what are you doing? How dare you call it the Fate of the Furious and not make the ATE a number eight? Yeah. The audacity. Audacity. <laughs> if we're going to be insane and not care how we number these, give me some old video game nonsense where we just fit the number in. If yeah. it's your fourth movie and there's an A in the title, I want that A to be a number four. Yeah. 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 Transformers should have been called Trans Number Formers. I don't know why this is hard for marketing teams to figure out. People want dumb titles. <laughs> But here we are at F9, the, the ninth time that Dominic Toretto has been called out of retirement to leave his new family to go rebuild the family that he's built and leave his safe house for his home back in New York. Corona's family, espionage, fast cars, and faster physics. What did you think of F9, Terrence? uh so i'm a i'm a fan of this series as a whole they're fun they're stupid you cut your brain off and you have, enjoy it and, and as i've gone along with this from jesus forever ago with that first one um which is a point it's funny this is a point break remake that has become whatever it is better included. than the point break remake 100 <laughs> um and Fast Five is when everything sort of turned and the series became something completely different. I, I adore Fast Five. Like, it is a fantastic film. And I really like uh, Six with Owen, uh, with Luke Shaw. I mean, with uh, <laughs> Luke Hobbs. Um, and then we get to Seven when we have uh, Jason Statham at it. And it's just fun. This series is now getting to the point, though, that it is getting so ridiculous and so over the top that stakes don't matter anymore. Um, at least when five first happened, there were some stakes. You're like, oh crap, I don't, this is the first time we're doing this. I don't know quite what's happening. And then in set six, I believe, is the one we lose Giselle, uh, uh, Gal Gadot. And then from that, we kind of just like, all right, cool. All of these folks now are superheroes. Everybody. Doesn't matter if they weren't just a hacker or whatnot. They can all fight hand to hand combat and they're all like superhero folks. We will bounce people off of the hoods of cars because that's what physics do now. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess that's what we're accepting. So if you go in getting that and you're like, all right, this is fun fine i'm gonna have a good time in it and this film does still bring in some laughs and some joy and you still have those moments now this is also a film that i'm like are there any stakes at all like han's back for reasons that i they explain stuff to me in the film i still say no they don't (laughs) yeah nobody's so good at making it look real yeah i'm like nope i don't buy that sorry That's, that's incorrect um popularity revived Han. That's, that's what literally what happened. Back. Yeah, that is literally what happened. And and so when you start doing that with the series where it's like, oh, none of this truly matters. And so for me, the biggest thing with this, the, the premise of this film is that he has a brother that we never knew about. For a person 
whose entire thesis is based on family. Howie have never once heard of this brother from either he or Mia in the entire series. But then we get in this particular movie and everybody knows him. Cypher is like, oh, your brother? Cool, know that dude. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. You can't Everybody do this. but the audience was <laughs> right. aware like, of John you, Cena. You can't do this. And that's a pet a peeve of both of ours. That apparently is like an Assassin's Creed bloodline. And uh, it just creates hulkingness. Theron is here to tell us now that there's Nordic blood in the like, Toretto yeah. line. It's, it's insanity. And so, one of my pet peeves of any franchise or any movie, Saw does it a lot too is retconning and retroactively putting in history. And, and I hate it. And so for this movie to do it in, a, in droves, like the whole has like about 45 minutes of just footage of that. And I was like, ah, nope, I don't, I don't want any of that. And we won't even get into the space stuff because. Oh, we're going to get into the space stuff. <laughs> we're going to get so much into the space stuff. Jesus but Christ. I want to start at the beginning where the movie has come back to its roots. It's sepia tone roots is what I of course mean by its roots. The Instagram filter that you know and love from the first Fast and the Furious movie is back with a force yeah. in 1989. Get the old school universal logo. Picking like, yeah. an actor that it looks like we just dipped John Cena in brown paint. And for a minute, I was like, oh, are we doing like brown face? And it's, <laughs> oh no, this is supposed to be their dad who just has to now look like Somewhat every, like yeah. he's got to look a little bit like both of them. Yeah. And therefore be incredibly ambiguous in his ethnicity, which I have no qualms with. But for a good few minutes, I was like, it's, it's almost a credit to the casting. Because for a moment, I just was like, oh, no, <laughs> this is an unfortunate decision we've made for John <laughs> how, Cena. How did we get here? Because Vin <laughs> is very brown and John is not. <laughs> no, no, Charlie Starrett explained genetics to us. Nordic. <laughs> Every now and then, you just pop out a Caucasian. There is 100% going to be a, a mom that comes into the series as we go along. That well, now we have that mayhem. question. Yeah. We've never asked before, where's yeah. the mom? <laughs> yep. We then proceed to do this Talladega Nights-esque racetrack where we learn that he's got a grudge with another racer and that everyone loves Dom and hates, hates the little brother. Like, Jacob, you are a hot trash. (laughs) I mean, it it is as if the franchise was like his dad and would rather have erased him from existence than acknowledge him. (laughs) This is a son that is only good to tell about your debts to the mob. Right. In hopes that they'll kill him instead, I guess. Yeah, we can deal with the the offspring I don't care about. That's fine. We then discover that the reason they've broken up is Dom has gone to prison for whatever reason. He gets out, learns the trick about cars, blames the son for his dad's death, uh, we're going to do all of these spoilers, so just saddle up. And it's a retroactive add-on because in the first one, we do learn, I mean, he he is in prison for beating a man with a wrench. So this is literally the story of what that is now. Yeah, so the first one came out in what, 1999, 2000? 2001-ish. We're to assume yeah. that this happened 10 years before the movie came out. Right. So that's when the racetrack was, which means he was in prison for... However long he was in prison for. Yeah, 2001 for the first one. Then 
race than like the Lion King gave his brother the ultimatum of either like accepting what he did or being banished to the Simone and Pumbaa land <laughs> forever. Keep in driving. This, in this scenario, Dominic Toretto is Scar. And, uh, but so is John Cena because we think he killed Sim. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is Scar in this version. There's of so the many movie. Scars. Yeah. So he has now banished him. And then I guess he just drove down to Fast and the Furious 1. Yeah. While his brother became a super spy. Ironically, John Cena plays a super spy in the hit television show Psych on the USA Network. And I have decided that Psych is now part of the Fast It's canon. Franchise. I mean, hell, throw everything in here. It's all canon. <laughs> this is, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. I think that's the crossover we should be going for instead of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Obviously. Clearly. The movie uh, then has its real opening. <laughs> In Dominic Toretto's Iron Man in-game type house that yeah. I guess he's been given by Mr. Nobody, where his son has been trained if a car drives to hide in a bunker. Do they kind of get mail out there? Like, does the mailman not deliver stuff there? I, I imagine he has a P.O. box in town <laughs> when he needs to go get grains and, and, and parts for his car. He cruises in. I bet, like Triple X, he knows everybody there. That's true. He's everybody's best friend, and he gets his mail, and he comes back. Yeah. The kid hides in the bunker, just like hideaway, and then Tej, and then we're all up. Like, we got some stuff going on, and they have to tell the kid, like, kid, it's safe. You can come on out. No oh, yeah, one yeah. can murder you. Uh, Dominic Shredder, who doesn't recognize the cars that his family drives. <laughs> they then abscond to an Indiana Jones-type scenario where we do the biggest stunts, and we never do these again. He deliberately drives his car onto a stake to rope it around the axle and swing around a mountain after his brother is picked up by a magnetic jet and the rest of the team drives up a bridge that's falling down like Sonic the Hedgehog. Mind you, directly after they all drove over mines. The mine <laughs> stuff, I will say, I bought. I Mine's bought... Yeah, it's still relatively, yeah, still relatively believable, as believable as you can be. But this unbelievability of like using the hook under your, your tire well on the passenger side to swing from one side of the mountain to another happens 30 minutes into the movie. So anything that happens after this is like, oh, okay, I guess. I mean, sure. And, uh, and then we're back to, like, normal for this movie. Nothing's that big ever again. Yeah. And yeah. then probably my biggest, I actually really did enjoy the movie for all of my, look how silly it is. It's just insane. Uh, it is insane. But what I really miss is, like, the actual, like, getting the heist together. The best part of Fast Five is the, like, well, we need a mechanic and we need a yeah. this. And now we just are, like, off to the races right away. Everyone knows their roles. People just have, show up. Like, we don't have to collect anybody. Like, Mia just comes, and then Han just sort of, like, comes into the fold. I was like, oh, well, then there's no sort of going to collect these people, which is a part of the fun a lot of bit times for this series. Like, let's go see what these people are doing in their current state. Right, oh, we, we pick up Han, who's been working with Mr. Nobody in Tokyo, getting half of the sci-fi ball that's going to 
basically turn off the matrix, anything that, is, that works in ones and zeros. Yeah, that we all know isn't going to amount to much because the way that these last few films have gone uh, past that, like eight, seven, eight, nine, there's been a person that has been the antagonist. Something's going to happen. And then that antagonist is then going to be on their side. So we know that at the end of the day, Jacob is eventually going to be on the team with Dom. We're just like all sitting here like, let's just hurry up and get there. Look, I don't know who they're going to introduce in 10 or 11, but Charlie Theron will be on that team. 100%. Like, it's going to have to be somebody worse than her that she's like, I got to join with you guys. <laughs> and I know what you're saying. How could we ever forgive her for killing Dom's, the mother of his child? Well, we forgave Jason Statham pretty quickly. <laughs> For it's, trying to it, murder everyone. It's always, that's the thing. I was like, it's weird because people were like, oh, he tried to murder Hobbs or like, why is Hobbs working with them? I was like, Hobbs doesn't care that much about Han and neither should Owen. You guys should be more a fact that he did actually, especially now that Han's back, like, oh, we can forgive him. He still murdered Giselle. Like Giselle is the official <laughs> reason that his family is still responsible for her death. So you should still be sort of pissed off with these folks. But he seems to be very buddy-buddy with their mother. So maybe not. It's like, ah, your mama Shaw is so fun. So let's go hang out with her for a little bit. Yeah, I'm very confused on the dynamic of everybody's relationship now. Um, but that's yeah. fine. I'm sure The Rock will be back. We'll get another Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, who so, knows? Yeah, but we go into space. And as somebody who was not just <laughs> dying for them to go to space, but living for them to go to space, as yeah. soon as Paul Walker said, cars don't fly, I said, I need that car to fly. <laughs> Give it to me immediately. I want it. <clears throat> but as our friend of the show, Ajus Galego, said when we walked out of the theater, this should have been played more like the Matrix Revolutions, where we fly up and we see the sky and we fall back down. Yeah. I was not expecting us to hobble together a jet propulsion Mario Kart type booster pack. Yeah. That no one believed would work from characters that I hope you remember from Tokyo Drift, because I didn't. And then jettison them into space where they have a very casual conversation about dying for a purpose. Uh, they're then able to push this car into a satellite. We're in space for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Like they go into space. They have an entire meme where they're dressed like them. Marty McFly and Back to like the Future minions, One when he's Darth Vader. Yeah. But they, oh, they the minions a, joke. It's terrible. But they have a moment where they, they go into space and they're, they're preluding up to that while there's a major action sequence happening on Earth. And then they go in and then we don't pay attention to them for the entire 25 minute action sequence that happens on, on the ground. That old sequence happens and then ends. Like it's finality to that point. And they're like, oh shit, there are steel characters in space. We should probably check in with them. And then they have this little button at the end. I was like, oh, they're able it feels to like the script writer was just like, hey, those guys are still up there. We need to get them back. Oh, Terrence, they know what this audience wants. <laughs> we wanted them to go to space and they did. We wanted them to do jokes in space and they did. And they did. We wanted them to come together as a family, and they did. We yeah. are now playing with magnets, which I loved, but we are now in Man of Steel-level destruction. Destruction. Like, yeah, I mean, at the end of this, he tells Jacob that he has to go on the run. I was like, Dom, you should be on the run, too, because you've murdered and destroyed everything. Yeah, 
we're yeah 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 we're just very casually say this all it took for john cena to switch sides was his buddy being like maybe i'll kill you maybe I'll kill a you. scene that dominic Tretto is unaware of yeah mia sees it and then all of a sudden dom drives up and he's like oh huh, my i think he's fighting my brother now i guess i should save him but no one said anything on the communication system so we'll see i don't know Dominic Toretto is a forgiving, yeah, wonderful everybody. man. Except for the people that are trying to kill him in a tunnel where he snaps everyone's neck with a chain. Yeah, but that was awesome. <laughs> That's what I want, Terrence. I don't need him flying on Spider-Man webs to make his car work. I want to see him killing some people with chains. Breaking people's spines is what I need. Um, it's crazy though, because when we went to a, a full packed audience, and I tell you folks, they eat people eat this shit up. Like, and I'm one of them, but this audience was ramped. They were this like, was our first like real tentpole movie post the exactly. pandemic. Yeah. And I mean, we were on like some endgame level cheering shit with this yeah. movie. It was crazy. It was nuts. Like folks knew Han was coming back because all the trailers ruined it. And they still partied like a goddamn rock star when he popped up on screen twice. He got two pops. One, just a photo of him on a goddamn screen. I was like, this is nuts. <laughs> oh yeah. People love that character. Yeah. He's back. People don't care why he's back. It doesn't matter. Uh, I kind of accept it. You know, I've suspended my disbelief. I'll buy that Kurt Russell is out there making moves. Yeah. And is just like, he's real good at his job. Now we got to keep you dead. But for <laughs> a man who's meant to be undercover and has apparently told everybody that Tokyo <laughs> is his Mexico and that he hangs a Mexican flag up. Yeah. As if signaling Vin Diesel and everybody it's like a else. Bad signal. Yeah, come, come here, please. It's like he wanted to be found. Uh, yeah. But we we then kind of hit a lot of regular tropes. Oh, the last key is the person. It's not a key. It's the DNA. And Charlie Theron is out there villaining it up, and then she's Some in her drone and not really there. Some the dialogue in this dialogue. movie was the roughest part. It's rough. Yeah, there's some moments where she's trying to get the one up on the main, quote unquote, the main villain. And there's a whole Star Wars back and forth that they have. And you're like, what? Who? What is this? Like, how did we get here? Uh, it's insane. It's insane. We're still figuring out places to put Brian without ever having to see him. Okay, so I'll, I'm 50-50 I'm on it. Because I'm at the at one at some point, if you keep doing this, you're going to have to eventually put him or a CGI version of him on screen. You can't keep getting away with this all the time. So the movie ends with them having their dinner sequence. And they're like, hey, there's an empty table, and you get to see the blue car that Brian is known for driving drive up. But for a person who is they're basically using Brian as a glorified off-screen babysitter for the kids that they've created and that the kids have now. I'm like, all right, cool. But when you get your kid back, Dom either one thing should happen the other kids that they have should be there too or you just need to have brian there you can't keep getting away with this uh we dropped off the ki one kid but brian is still over here with the other ones and mia's there which for reasons <laughs> you know it doesn't bother me it's a nope. little it's a little corny but i'm like let's keep the spirit alive keep it keep it this going as long as you can such a big well, that's why I say Part the other of the half franchise. of it is. Yeah. That's why, I, that's why I say when the other half of the half of it is because when I do see that blue car pull up, a part of me is like, oh, Brian is still around. It's 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 nicer because it answers the questions, right? Somebody's got to watch this kid. Yeah. Somebody's going to keep watching this kid. It it gives you a lot of off-screen stuff to play with. 
It keeps his spirit alive. It does. It keeps that connection there. Uh, but I, I don't know that I need to see the blue car every time. Candidly, I want to see the green car from the first cast. The, the OG Furious. one. Yeah. That's what I was like, come on, have him come <laughs> up in the green car. Let's really get back there. Yeah. Uh, that was my favorite. But these movies are now, you know, I think we're starting to see the line, at least for some of the audience, of where the action gets too unrealistic. But when you really dig into like why these are successful, it's such a simple answer of, well, they're about family. Yeah. And it's interesting when you look at a, a comparison like Transformers. People are like, well, why, why doesn't Transformers connect this way? And it's like, well, whether or not it works for you, and obviously Transformers has a giant audience, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't really have that heart and soul as much. And when they try to with Optimus Prime, it, it's kind of lacking in the other connection. He sort of just gives his like X-Men monologue at the end that he always does. Yeah, and I move mean... On you it's it's typically for for prime it's typically the voice the presence and the pontificating that he always does but you really can't connect to that after a while like there's not there's nothing there for me to actually grab a hold of whereas with and and because they're animatronic too they're cgi characters it's hard to get some of the humanity behind it but i think with the fast series especially since you've you've seen these guys since they were basically kids at this point like they're 20 some years um you've grown up with them but there are also some sort of human connection that you've had with them from each from one to the other. I also think it helps that this does look like a Peloton ad. Like you have a little bit of a representation of, of everybody in there. You have black, you have Asian, you have Hispanic, you have uh, um, male, female, you have, we're gonna keep pretending that Michelle Rodriguez is, is, uh, is attracted to Dom, sure. But we know that <laughs> spectrum wise, she's sexually, she's all over the place. So like you, you have a little bit of representation for everyone. So I think that's why a lot of people have someone that they can sort of gravitate to, even more so than probably until recently, the Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which was pretty much all straight white dudes. This one has always sort of been like, you can kind of pick your, your, your flavor and you have somebody that you can sort of relate to. And I think that's why this has gravitated to so many people in so many countries around the world. They're like, hey, there's somebody, at least one person in this film that I feel I can connect to or represents with who I am as a person, which is, I think, why this has sort of transcended the, the, the small film that it once was to the massive franchise that it is now. Well, I think they also kept finding ways to evolve this idea of family. And it started with just, well, it's, you know, it's who's around, and then what will they do, and then the sacrifice and the literal family. And now you challenge that by making the literal family the villain and the, in theory, the linchpin of why your real family died. It reminds me a lot of how soap opera, like the people refer to wrestling, I have a wrestling shirt on, but refer to wrestling as a male soap opera. The Fascinating Theories is basically a car soap opera that has gone on. And usually like every now and then I got to check back in to see what the hell, like, yeah, they're still doing the same thing that they've always done, but I like that. So it gives me that comfort where I know what I'm, I know what I'm getting. I'm having fun when I'm here doing it with these folks. So let me just get in and see what the hell is happening right now. No, I think that's a good point that we, we do keep finding enough ways to play with this and check in on what we're doing. And even if they're wacky, finding new things to do with it, we haven't really repeated anything yet, which is very impressive. Aside from the repetition of the villain is now on our team. Right. Uh, from Hobbs to Shaw to 
everybody is just joining Mama and joining Shaw, and joining. Like everybody, yeah. Um, which, you know, eventually you need that. Which I guess is why Charlie Theron is going to be the villain for the rest of these, probably. Yeah. Unless we uh, have sisters we don't know about or cousins. Like, or or, or uh, Jacob's mom. Or, or kids mom. that are yeah. 18 that Dom right. didn't know about. Like another child that we retcon in. <laughs> oh, there's plenty of there's not really that much time to explore anymore. <laughs> uh, which begs the question, what is left to explore? I mean, what do you do now? Bring in his mom? and Or are we now just like, it's now just the fight for Charlie Stanley? Yeah, it's like it's Cypher, just the final the final boss that for the next two films, we're, we're going to bring folks in. I mean, like this button, there's a post-credit button here with, with Han and, and Owen, with Jason Statham, which is like, oh yeah, they would still have some beef with each other so i well, everybody else forgave him right <laughs> everyone else is fine with it you saved a baby on a plane owen so it's fine we're all we're all good here. do we know who was in the punching bag or is that just a new i think that's, that's just, just who new, he's beating up that's just somebody he's having fun with and and and, and wrecking shop on but yeah i don't even really remember the end of hobbs and shaw they just go their separate ways right they're not like we're so. buddies there's well there's the ryan reynolds button for for their for that they oh, have oh yeah um but that's yeah i i mean that's a whole oh thing oh my god ryan reynolds is supposed to be <laughs> yeah. <in these> movies. <laughs> that's what's funny you think about this like at any point in time because of the world they've built with Hobbs and shaw ryan reynolds and kevin hart could just randomly show up in fast and the furious and be like yeah that, that's all canon <laughs> i mean they're just becoming the expendables <laughs> Which, like, everyone's talking about this Jurassic Park crossover, but I'm like, there are better franchises. I said, there's the more Expendables. Yeah. yeah. You, can do, you can do better than that. Um, but it's funny. I, I don't know what we do next. I, I, it's obviously going to be bigger. I'm glad that Justin, Justin Lin seems to have a better grasp of this series probably than anybody else. I don't, I don't I hope like so. that F. Gary Gray one did as well. Justin Juan had the luxury or, or pain of trying to work the one when Paul passed. So, um, and that was fine, but I think Justin Lin sort of has done the the, the recreation of the series, the completely off left of the Tokyo Drift thing. He's had the most time with at bats with these, so for him to finish off seems to be make the most sense. What he does, I don't know. I don't know how you you've been in you've been in ice with submarines. You've done you've done you've gone to space already. Like I don't know. I feel like bigger may not necessarily be the thing. You might want to tell it back and slope, bring it down a little bit and like do an actual around the world race because these are still racers and it feels like the racing aspect of it or the driving aspect oh, of it. Oh, we haven't gone on a race a in a while. Less. Yeah, like we got, a, we got a flashback race in here, which was cool. I was like, oh, that's right. They did used to do this. I remember what this entire franchise was. I but would we, love that. I would love I think if, we if you do like a Monaco, like around the world type of race, that would be pretty dope. Like if you had to save someone, like you got to win all of these races or win this you, race to get so-and-so back. Terrence, what you're pitching is the canceled Fox show Drive. I want it. Let's do Are it. you Let's familiar with Drive? I am not familiar with Drive. Oh man. So Drive, while I pull up the cast list, that will stun you was a show that 20th Century Fox put on television in the mid-thousands. Okay. And the premise was that a mystery force had assembled a team, criminals, heroes, suburban moms, to drive across the country for seemingly their own rat race type will bet on anything enjoyment. And from there, where is it? Come on. It was called Drive, right? I'm not going crazy. 
Uh, and from there, it was a mystery of who's done this to them. Why is it happening? Nathan you, Fillion was on that show? Nathan Fillion. Uh, what's your name from Terminator? Wow. This oh, it was... Taron Manning. Emma bonkers. Emma Stone was on that show? What is happening? <laughs> oh, yeah. Terrence, this show in 2007... Like peak Fox making and canceling shows left and right. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's when they were this was this was the same era as uh, uh, the lying reality show. Oh yeah. Oh man. Um, you take a lie detector test. Yeah, I know exactly which one because a lot of people's relationship got jacked up because of that show. Right. What a great <laughs> show. <laughs> oh no. What? Yeah. What you are pitching, and I think you're right, is the pilot of Drive. We it, now need I, to assemble the family. They need to go in across the country, world-renowned race to do something. Yeah, that's what we I want. Figure out who's doing it and why. Oh wow, I've never, I had never heard this. Sounds, but not yeah, illegal cross-country race. Yeah, that's what I want. I want that. The moment of truth. That was the reality oh, that was the show. Last, yeah, that was the last show. Ah, yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> what a great era of Fox. That was a great time. <laughs> Yeah, Drive was like the same year. They really did. It was like it was in that period when Family Guy was canceled, and I Got think it. It like season four of Family Guy, where they're like, "Well, you know, if all they just list the House Bunny, Andy Richter controls the universe, Drive, the fucking Ocean spinoff show, all these failed pilots." <laughs> but I was into Drive. Drive was awesome. Wow. And they kept like they'd have these stop offs, and at each stop off, somebody would be like. Hey, I'm the one who bet on you. So you got to kill them or I'm going to like up the stakes and like, you'll never see your family or you'll go to prison, whatever dumb, like one of these characters was like a suburban mom who was driving her minivan. Oh my God. It was awesome. Yeah. This would, this is what I, that's what I want. I want that as a, as a film. Uh, yeah. I, I had not heard of this, but this sounds like glorious 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 thing i would just love for it to get back to racing like we're, well, as we're telling off and getting to these last couple of films let's sort of get back to what we were because you you took a hard turn with five which is great let's take a hard turn again and sort of put a little bit more juice back into the into the series yeah i think that i think that's what's next for me i mean Shirley theron is still out there i wouldn't even mind it if the next one is just like we got to go get her and then like 11 you wrap it up with a classic race that would yeah. be fun yeah Oh my God, Terrence, Drive Season 1 is on Amazon Prime Video. Oh, oh wait, really? no, you can buy it. You don't want to buy it. You want to stream oh, it for free. I just want to watch for it. For a yeah. minute, I was like, oh my God. I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> oh, God. That is, that's exactly what needs to happen to the franchise next. What a. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think we've gotten as big as the action's going to get. I think we, we've made the threats as big as they're going to get. Unless you, because Mister, did we resolve where Mister Nobody is at the end of this? No, movie? but like, but but here's the thing with Mister Nobody. This is where this gets weird because, and I I missed them. I missed them way more than I thought it was going to. But because you take both uh, Hobbs and Shaw off the board for this, you then are having a bunch of regular civilians do these CIA agents as opposed to somebody actually being within law. So it feels like a lot of the testosterone or masculinity or just bravado that both Jason Statham and Dwayne Johnson have is missing. And so it then just feels weird kind of just like, Vin, you're the toughest person here. And the rest of these people, I don't think would hold a candle in, in the water versus like high-end mercenaries or high-end 
folks like this. Well, that's the other interesting part is now like the action really comes from Vin Diesel and everybody else is like comedic. Yeah, like they gave a moment to have uh, Michelle and Jordana Brewster fight. And Michelle is fine because we've seen Letty fight before with the uh, um, Ronda Rousey stuff. Like we've seen her do this before, but we've never really seen Mia fight. And this when we start getting her hand-to-hand combating, I'm like, oh, hold on, wait a minute. This is weird. And then Tej and Roman usually end up fighting for laughs. It's usually a comedic bit that they have. But Dom then is the only one who's actually like, I feel you are a genuine action star. So when you take both the other two, Hobbs and Shaw off the board, that's two bona fide action stars who can do whatever you want. You take them both off. That's why I was like, that button at the end saying that, yo, Shaw is going to come back around sort of gets me more interested in what's happening next. It gives me another at least fighter on the board. Man, I completely forgot about Ryan Reynolds. These movies, they're great. They're just yeah. great. It's it's open to 70 million. It's a big one number. of, if not the biggest opening since the pandemic has ended. Biggest pandemic number, yeah. Uh, so we're back 4,179 theaters, which is the second highest opening theater-wise next to Hobbs and Shaw, which was in 4,253 theaters. Oh, wow. Of course, if you go down, Furious 7 still has the highest opening. Yeah, understandably. I mean, that's the one on the back end of um, Paul Paul Walker's passing, and it had the huge song of memorial for him. So that's a huge people tigering up in the theater for that one. Right, and then it's actually it is interesting. Once you you have that one, then it really goes eight, six, five, four, nine. But pandemic, mm-hmm. Hobbs and Shaw, two, one, and Tokyo Drift. So yeah, the Tokyo movies, the lowest one, yeah. This might be one of the only franchises where each movie, outside of the outlier, because of the world, yeah. grosses. Well, the two outliers, I guess, because Paul Walker, yes, gets goes bigger. It's, it's going up. The audience for the so the thing is, especially for those first couple, um, they weren't worldwide like phenomena. Um, those first four were super small. Tokyo Drift did not, even though it seemed like it should, did not do well anywhere. But until five happened, five was the one that like the worldwide box office started growing. And then subsequently it's gotten bigger. It's gained more people each each time. So now it's just sort of this big snowball that's just rolling downhill and just collecting money, money as it goes along. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I mean, it's yeah. not that crazy. Like, we've talked about why these connect. We talk about why we keep going. So I, I guess, mean, really, if we're being cynical, there is not really cynicism to this one. If, no. To answer it, our own thesis, the answer is people will keep watching your movie eating about stuff family. Up. Yeah, they're eating this stuff up. And we look, we have a, there's a animated series currently going, the Spy Racers right now. We've got the, uh, the stuff that's a universal with the, the Fast and the Furious, like, part of the ride. Like, this is, this is a thing. I know people like to poo-poo on this, like, ah, oh, you guys are watching those stupid series or and some the same people who do that to a lesser extent because they're so global, but who point at the Marvel folks, they're a group of folks who point at the fans fast and free shows. Like, you like that dumb stuff. That's so stupid. But hey, clearly by these numbers and what this franchise is doing, there are people who will eat this up and enjoy every single minute. Yeah, unless you've watched every single A24 film, which you haven't, you don't get to make fun of the people watching mainstream stuff. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Unless you can tell me what under the Silver Lake means, which email me 
if you have those answers. Uh, I don't want to hear you shit talk watching these movies. Yeah. So you go watch Under the Silver Lake and you decode it for me, not unlike a Christmas story. <laughs> and you bring me those answers. Yeah. Yeah, the um, series is great. It keeps growing. I'm not tired of it. I keep getting I'm not. Excited. Like when the next one pops up and they're like, hey, we're gonna do we're doing the next one. And my understanding is because of the way that the world was, the next one sh- should be next year. Like I think they're they start filming. Um, because this was supposed to come out last year. I believe they start filming this year, and this has a release date of next summer. So if it holds that release date and it still happens, great. Don't don't stop. I don't know when we'll get another Hobbs and Shaw because Rock is a hardworking man. But uh, if you give me ten now, I'll I'll take it. I absolutely would take it, and you can take that to the bank right after you leave us a review on iTunes, leave us a comment on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast and the show. You can follow myself at as always Blake and Terrence at Terrence Tatum and the show at Hollywood ADI. We, of course, have other shows within the Hollywood Artie Bracket, the Marvel Pair-Up, where we take each Disney Plus show and pair it up with the movie and its genre. And you can't do that anymore, the seasonal podcast that takes movies and posits whether or not they can be done in 2021. We will see everybody next week for The Forever Purge, and then the week after that for Black Widow. And uh, what else is in July? Well, we're having a good time. Isn't I mean, Space we're back. Jam? Isn't Space Jam in there? Space too? Jam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Forever Purge, Black Widow, Space Jam 2, Cinderella, Snake Eyes, and The Jungle Cruise. We're in it. Shape up for next month. We're done. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Great. We will see everybody next week. Later. Later.